Hello, friends, family, friends who are family, fwaf, and the odd listener who is somehow listening to this that doesn't know me. Um, thanks for listening. Appreciate all the support. In this episode, I get a chance to catch up with my new friend, Puna Stenikia, who uh, you might recognize from a past episode in the sports series where Eric and Alan and I basically make fun of the rookie for showering us with compliments. Punit is a rookie on my softball team, the Falcons, and uh, great guy, absolutely great guy, and a new friend of mine. Um, it's been nice to play ball with him last year, but it's been great becoming friends with him this year. So um, listen up as we, we talk about some deep things. Uh, we talk a little bit about Oshawa and South Oshawa in particular, and how Whitby isn't always just a giant rose patch too. Um, we, we talk about uh, Punit growing up as a person of color a little bit, but how he feels as though he's been somewhat insulated from that kind of racism that uh, so many people are talking about right now. We discuss solutions to racism, a little bit of affirmative action. Um, we talk about uh, oh, backyard games and just, uh, you know, the fuck around games that, you know, people will play to pass time and have a good have a good time, you know, social games that we play and some goofy ones. And my favorite part, Punit tells the story of the first time he visited the Paige Carroll residence and he, uh, he wound up at the wrong house through no fault of his own or mine. I'm going to blame that one on Google. Uh, it's a funny story for me. I appreciate it. And, uh, I think that there's nothing more than I appreciate than friends and family and friends who are family. Fwaf! Um, but it's really cool for me to get to know new friends. Uh, there are new people for me to use my old stories with. And uh, no one says, Rick, I already heard that one. I can tell a new one, bud. So cheers to new friends. Cheers to Punit. Cheers to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, so um, I'm chilling here with my boy Poonit, um, and Poonit and I are recording my very first local podcast. What's up, Poonit? Hey, man. How's it going? Excellent. It's nice to see your face again. Nice to see yours. We are socially distantly recording this. Uh, I believe we are currently six feet apart. Feels I, like it. Yeah. Two meter sticks were out here. We yeah. put them yeah, end to end, and uh, we're just chilling out in the backyard. It's like we did the other day. Um, Thank you for the invite, by the way. Jenny and I you're, had a great time. You're absolutely welcome. It was it was fantastic to have you and Jenny and Stefan and Michaela over. Like, I felt like everyone clicked. I know that you, me, and Stefan click, mm-hmm. but like I felt like the ladies clicked too. What do you I think? I was just thinking that too. I was thinking like uh, uh, Amanda and Michaela and Jenny could do like a girls' night when things start opening up again. They probably could, right? <laughs> um, and I think that that's neat because sometimes when you get together with couples, like. It can go well, or it can be a shit show. Or the, I think the worst part is when it goes well between two of the couples, and then one feels left out, or one like literally like just maybe something happened and they just whoop we don't hang out anymore. Yeah, that kind of thing, you know. But I didn't get any of those vibes. I was like, we might have like a, a little thing, you know. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, it was. Um... 
I, like everyone started talking about when we're gonna do it next, and uh, you guys like games? About, yeah, we love games yeah. for sure, man. And the two of you, just by talking, you're very competitive, so yeah. that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I hate losing, so it's uh, yeah, anything that requires games. I have a bunch of long games at our place, so more than happy to pull them out. Bash might go and chase the <laughs> the washers and stuff, so it might be a bit of a distraction, but. Other than that, we're okay. If you don't know how to play games around dogs, and you're not willing to try, get out of my life. <laughs> He's just standing in the middle, and just staring at me, just like, come on, man. <laughs> Actually, you'll you'll enjoy this. So we have like a little uh, blue ball uh, that is, is bashes, but it's got a bunch of like grooves on it, so you can actually make it like sink and Put stuff. some spin on it, right? Yeah. So I built him a, a doghouse yesterday or last year, and it and the hole almost looks like a strike zone shut up so being in quarantine for like a million years i've been like you know what i'm gonna take a break so like on one end of the yard i'm like i'm gonna throw a curveball and i throw a curveball and i completely pooch it because i'm not a pitcher but i tried again and the thing actually like starting to get movement yeah and then i'm like all right i'll do a four seamer and then i do a four seamer the thing goes i'm like this is sweet man like this is what Rick must feel like. <laughs> ah, I can't make it spin that much. <laughs> well, also, this ball has a massive... Like, all it wants to do is, like, curve in the air. So, like... I love that. Yeah. Um, up at Bolts' cottage every year, I usually wind up going up there. And we have this ball that's made of foam. It's made by Rawlings. And it's, like, orange. And half of it has a corkscrew. Like, a pattern where, oh, like, there's cool. grooves yeah, yeah. in the shape of a corkscrew. So when you hold the corkscrew like on the inside part when you're throwing just straight down, it curves in the direction of the screw. Oh, cool. So you can throw like, you just throw it regular over the top, you know, like you would throw like a regular two seam, four, four seam fastball yeah. over the top. And the thing cuts hard, um, hard and in like a slider. Oh. And then if you turn it the other way, it goes the other way. And if you add sidearm and if you add like a little snap this way. So we, we get out on the, on the uh, lake together, and the goal is to try and throw the ball past the other guy and bounce his count. Oh, cool. So you're throwing screwballs that bounce, and when something bounces off a surface, it bounces in the opposite direction, like it spins in the opposite oh, okay. direction. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you throw it good, and it spins hard, hits the, uh, hits the lake, and then spins the other way, and the other guy's trying to catch it. <laughs> there's a score, but we don't keep it out loud. You know, you know he wins, and I don't win, but, like... It's this stupid game, and then we always do this while we're drinking in of the course. lake. Yeah. And then every night, that, that after that first night at the beach, we come back in and we can both feel our heartbeats in our elbows. You know, it's just because you're just whipping, just whipping it at the <laughs> other guy or past the other guy, That's right? That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like my type of game, man. I would totally be down for that. Uh, the best game up there, Bolts. Bolts will tell you it's called bush golf, and. He has one set of golf clubs, and they're just like a set of shitty irons, and then a few wiffle ball golf balls, little plastic ones, right. and we just go out into the bush. And you pick the hole, and then you just play skins. You just try and, you know, outdo the other guy each hole, and sometimes the hole is like, hmm, hit the floaty thing in the lake. It's like, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to get a shot from the bush and into that thing in the lake. So it always winds up with you standing on a paddleboard, taking a bunch of swings at the lake and falling in. And yeah, it's a gong show. That's <laughs> so good. So I'm glad you're down for stupid games because I've played a few. 100% down. Yeah, I am the same guy. Or uh, Mike that brought him up earlier. We uh, we have this game called Waddies. Um, 
it's like uh, I guess the closest thing would be like Cornell kind of. Yeah. Uh, but the boards kind of have a backboard, and you throw these rubber. Uh, you would put like a chair on it to kind of protect uh, the wood, and they're brown and white. And essentially, you throw them, and it lands on the board. But you can use the backboard as sort of a stopper, and the board is shaped like curling rings. So, okay. Boom. That works well for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's like curling rules. So whoever gets closest scores. Right. So if you have two discs that are closer than, you know, your one, then it's two. Two. Yeah. But then there's the center. So if you go through the center, it's an automatic three. And the only way to wash the three is for the other person to go through Sink the center. Sink a three. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's curling plus cornhole plus few other things so. and it's throwing not sliding right you're not throwing sl- yeah you're yeah throw- okay. so they're like little discs and you gotta you, you gotta kind of get them to land flat so uh, it's rubber right so it'll just die kind of i bet that's really frustrating it's real. it's hard to get the technique i he, he beat me a lot at the start and then i started yeah he still beats me a lot but like uh it, it's a lot of technique for sure i think yeah. if you're an athlete and you can make adjustments because that's what, like, being an athlete, that's the advantage you get when you're yeah. learning a new sport. If you were already good at another sport, you can, if you're smart enough, learn to make the adjustments that you need, right? So, like, when you see it bouncing and rolling off to that one side, if you've thrown enough stuff yeah. enough times, you can be like, well, I'm going to adjust this angle over here and maybe maybe throw a little bit less of that. And you can figure something out, but it still takes that time, and it's that time that always pisses me off, man. I quit stuff in that time period. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Okay. You know what? It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, I never equated that to anything. Like, I think I, I, like, a lot of my friends are athletes, so I don't really think about it. But that adjustment, like the, uh, your ability to inherently kind of know what caused something to do something in, in a sport, and then to make the adjustment, uh, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. Um, like throwing a football, for example, trying to put a spiral on a on a football. Like, I've seen a lot of people try to do it, and they're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, accepting different yep. results, right? And I think with athletes, they're like, oh, maybe I'll hold it like this, or my hand feels a little bit better here. And I, can, I, I know what I want the end result to be. Right. Um, it's, uh, I never thought about it that way before. It kind of shattered the glass in my head right there. I'm just like, you just pick a ball and go, right? Like... It takes being reflective, and, like, you have to, like, there's a certain amount of knowing what you're talking about, too, right? You have to have played with it before or read enough stuff. RC boats are big, I guess. They are. Yeah, and I think that's so cool. Did you? Yes. I had an RC plane, though, so I can't really. Oh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty badass. That was pretty sweet. I had Tire Storm, the RC car. Tire Storm. Oh, it was balling. It had these tires that were like, it was like a cylinder. Say you take a, this this water bottle here and mm-hmm. you just slice it and then you compress it. The tires would, would then go from like wide tires to really tall tires. Oh, cool. And it made it like the super off-road vehicle. But it, in the commercials, like they had this thing like, tire storm, like smacking off walls and going off ramps and spinning in the air and landing it. And really, like, I just went out and I fucking wrecked it in, like, the first hour and a half. Like, I just fucking wrecked it, Puna. Just immediately, like, full charge. Let's go make a ramp. And I just fucked it up on the concrete. Is that not the story of our childhood? Right <laughs> yes. there. We got something cool, finally. Like, something fucking cool. Finally get it. And then two minutes later, it's like, Mom, I broke it. Like, <laughs> Yep. 
so funny. Oh man, I remember the same thing. I got I got like this sweet um, like four by four avalanche. Like it was like a, like a Chevrolet avalanche, and it was what? like an all yeah, it was, just like an actual. I'm just I'm not used to domestic vehicles getting like you know yeah, the RC car treatment. It was RC dub. It was a big like soft tires. Okay, the thing moved pretty quick. I was just hauling up and down. I'm like as every boy at that age. Uh, I was like, I'm going to take this thing off jumps. And there was a curb, right? So, like, the curb kind of acted like a jump. I flipped it a bunch of times. Sure enough, an hour and a half later, I'm like, I'm going to make a real jump. So I had a board, and I put it on some other boards, and there was a jump, and I started letting it go. Only problem is I did it in front of a tree because I was a stupid kid. And I wanted up the jump, hit, right in the tree. Just Sonny bono your fucking RZ car? She, for whatever reason, it stopped working. Yeah. Yeah, my parents were not. It lasted not 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 an hour and a half like you. It was it was probably a couple weeks, but still. Oh, and I'm thinking like I say an hour and a half, and like who are we kidding? The battery never lasted an hour and a half. <laughs> exactly. Like you, if you drove it hard for 20 minutes, that was it. I feel like those commercials just misled you with like the this thing's gonna be bad at oh for 20 minutes. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they really should have done that. We were like the first generation to get lied to like that mm-hmm. about toys. Yeah, I know, I know, man. What a, what a great time. I agree. That to me, actually, we were talking about this before. It is crazy how similar our upbringings were, just in terms of location. And like we were very close, not necessarily at the same time periods, but we were very close. We went through phases. Like our, our family had to go through the same phases of like poverty in Ontario. Yeah, exactly. Right, like getting your feet, getting traction in Ontario. It started for me in like Scarborough. We lived at Morningside and Lawrence. Just for people that don't know, Poonit and I had this conversation the other day, and you know, then we, my parents were able to save up and buy a house in South Oshawa because that's where you, that's where you went. You buying a house, this is where you can afford to buy a house, so that's where they bought a house. And you said your family did like the same damn thing, basically. Yeah, yeah we were, we were in, we were in an apartment in Whippy, a little bit nicer, like in terms of just location. Yeah, it's Story. not Morningside. Wait, where, where in Whippy though? Which apartment building? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, it wasn't great. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Nonquan. Oh, it was Nonquan. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because like oh, it, the Morningside that's and Lawrence. So creepy. Of, as soon as you said it, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. There's that, and uh, White Oaks is also like a, a, yeah. a and like you know we say tough place to be, but like it's a it's a place where it's an apartment building, man, and like people that can afford to live in apartment buildings live in apartment buildings. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. It's it's a tough area because of that, but you know it, it it can be great. That's what I love about an apartment building. Like my my apartment was always clean, and like you know it had everything we needed. And you know we I think my dad did wainscoting in the uh, main room, which is just such a '90s thing to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> when was the last time you heard the word wainscoting? <laughs> Actually, just the other day, because I met someone who did his own wainscoting, and he pronounced it wainscoting, and because he does it, I think he's correct. That's how it's supposed to be said. Or maybe it's just the new, cool way to say it. Yeah, maybe. We gotta make this thing hip. Uh, wainscoting. Nailed it. No, Ronnie don't play that game. Ronnie do <laughs> you want not play that game. Oh, shit, that sounds yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll take two of them, actually. <laughs> That's uh, the thing, though, right? Like, in an, in an apartment building, there's sure. like, but you gotta go through what you gotta go through to get to your own safe haven. Yeah. And that was a thing that, like, I didn't think twice about. I never felt nervous in those hallways. But anyone that ever came over to hang out, they 
they didn't like where we had it's, to go. It, it's like a, an immediate uh, judgment of of you know your upbringing, what you may or may not have. Like uh, it's a bit unfair to be honest with you, because you're right. Like you know, houses at any given point, from this point forward, from this point in the past. Are expensive. Yep. They were always expensive. Yeah, you hear sixty thousand dollars for a house in the eighty. Sure, yeah, but people weren't making a hundred thousand dollars a year. They That's were right. Making, you know, so people had to work hard. And you know, I think, I think back on that time as as a child living in South Oshawa and Whippy too. I I felt that too. Like I felt, you know, there was this level of judgment. Uh, now, when you went to school in South Oshawa, everyone was from South Oshawa, so it, you know. I didn't it, even know it was a thing until I was there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in South Oshawa, like you don't know when you're a kid, you don't know you're in anything. You have nothing to compare it to. That's a totally a fair point, actually. Yeah. It's it's relative, and and you have nothing to compare it to, right? I so, think. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So totally agree with you. I think moving out of South Oshawa and reflecting on that time. Yes. That's that's ding ding ding. It's. Oh, South Oshawa, really? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but my family wasn't loaded. Like, like we we worked hard. Yeah, well, we worked hard. My dad and my mom worked extremely hard. Uh, but they got to where they are because they worked extremely hard, you know? The, they they were able to uh, turn South Oshawa into North Oshawa and, you know, grow and, yep. and, 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 and become a successful family. But the beauty of our stories is that I think they share a lot of principles. They share a lot of uh, dedication and, and, and family, and I think that's really cool. Um, Our but, families are both hardworking families, it sounded like. Yep, yep. Um, and money wasn't, like, you know, given for nothing. It's not like I had a ton of money. You didn't have a ton of money. Nope. Yeah. But, like, even that right there, I, I, I remember poor kids, like, and even that sounds awful just to say that but I remember the kids my classmates that were legit poor compared to me and that I never said like oh where's the poor like I don't think I could think that way I had everything I needed it's just glaring in your face is the kid that has everything and for me growing up in South Oshawa if you had two parents that had jobs that was a huge leg up but if they both worked at GM you're the rich kid yeah you were the rich and kid. that was, you were the shit, that was that. And you probably had a new GM vehicle in your driveway every two years, so. Mm. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I don't think we ever, I, like, you you look back on that time and, and you'd love to see that time with rose-colored glasses, right? That, that yeah. you know, we were perfect and we weren't. Like, obviously we were dicks and I'm sure we were mean and did things like that. But, like, I feel like the separation of wealth now is so much more obvious, um, well, you're a teacher. I'm sure you, you you have interesting perspectives on this, but like, kids have cell phones. Kids have cell phones? Seriously? I get punched in the face if I even ask for a cell phone. Like, they didn't, we cell phones didn't really exist at that time. You yeah. Know? Like, we had one computer for our family for the entirety of my grade school career. The first time I got my own computer was in first year of school. Like, like that was like, like university. Yeah. In university, which. My dad was like, "Oh, there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of kids over there with computers. I'll get him a computer as well. We can all have computers." <laughs> like, it's just you know, like uh, that was that was his vibe. But um, it, it, I never, I felt like we never saw that. 
when we were school and we were in school you know like maybe there were poor kids maybe there were rich kids but like everyone was i don't know i just felt like it was especially in south Oshawa, i feel i felt like it was a little bit more we're all in this together <laughs> you know yeah uh i was super insulated by like my cohort you know like we had a really good group of friends that all the kids all went to like post-secondary like almost all so many not that that's the be-all or end-all, but, like, when you have a large group of kids going to post-secondary, it does say something about, like, the overall education of that group of kids. Sure, of right? course. Like, yeah. they were able to get into this different level, whatever, right? It's neither better, just... It was nice, because it wasn't what everyone talked about when you mentioned G.L. Roberts, right? right? It just wasn't what you talked about. G.L. Roberts, man. Yeah. And we had the cohort above us that was pretty good. The cohort below us was arguably better than us, with more success... Um, so, like, I didn't really see how hard it, like, how hard up it could have been. Um, but you definitely knew, like, some hard cases and stuff. But by high school, they don't come to school. Yeah. So, like, you don't really get exposed to it that much either. Like, I had zero unsafe days at GL. Were days where I felt, me, like, I walked in there at four foot nine, like, probably 90 pounds with a, like, little blonde mushroom cut and big coke bottle glasses and i never even got fucked up because it's not as bad as people say right, right? and i think uh i think my, my cousin judy i think she talked to people and told them like, leave me alone or something mm-hmm. judy shout out thank you <laughs> judy judy on the ones and twos <laughs> feeling it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah man that's so cool that's so cool and like i, I like those maybe maybe these things did happen but like those are the things you remember Maybe that's just human nature. Like, you remember the good things. You remember the, the things that made you feel like you're a part of it and you're included. And I don't know. Yeah, you, you, you hear these stories of teenagers dealing with a lot of depression and suicide. And, again, I know as a teacher you're probably really close to a lot of these things. But um, it's weird to think about that stuff because I'm like, oh, God, like, did I – I'm sure there were kids dealing with that you know in my age group but like and that's the scary part about this whole thing it's just like you you put yourself into the into your shoes at that time and you're like god i was just a six-year-old kid just getting my g1 like living my life but at the same time like you know it, it you should be able to go back and remember it that way because that's exactly how it was right right like we don't have to compare what it was with what it is now that's just a fun little game that we like to do in our own heads right um I'm watching a Netflix special. I stopped it. Uh, but Jim Jeffries, you know him? Yep. Yeah. Fucking love him. So he's got this whole bit on here about how, you know, this generation that's coming up right now, they're the most progressive and inclusive generation that has ever existed. Which is true of every generation that has ever existed. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's not that it's a It's a byproduct of growing up in the new world, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like every generation, like when we were, you know, this generation, we were the ones that were the most progressive. And our parents' generation, they were the most progressive of, like, it. it's that way. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just, that's the way it's supposed to be. I, I, I agree with you. In principle, because you're right, every every generation theoretically is more progressive than the last, or we would be still hunting for tigers and lions, <laughs> whatever, making making fire with. Stuff. I would a little bit agree with Jim Jeffries, though, in terms of relative 
progressiveness, if that's a word. Um, because I think a lot of things have happened in our generation, in our children's generation, that have really turned the dial on how what love means and what empathy means and what inclusivity means, you know? Like, we were just talking before we started, and the Black Lives Matter thing, obviously very timely. Like, this, yeah. we're, we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of change right, right. now, or at least we can hope so. We, we, if we feel like it. And, you know, call me, call me a naive, call me wishful idealist, whatever you want to call me. I really feel like this is different, like with the Black Lives Matter stuff. And the reason being is because I think we've already done so many steps before to allow us to really understand uh, what this means. For example, gay, gay marriage is now a legal thing in Canada. Incredible. Fucking incredible. Let Absolutely. People, let people love who they want. Love is love, baby. Love it. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. Yep. We are all people. We're yep. all trying to do something for our families. We're all trying to be successful. We're all we're trying to live our lives. And these two things should never, ever be a way or a determining factor of how someone treats you. No. And um, at work, I, I changed my... I'm not saying that I'm like Gandhi by doing this, but I'm telling you sort of where my heart was at. I, spl- I, I put a rainbow flag and I split it with a just black because okay. these two things diversity sexual inclusion all of this stuff should be always something that we always think about all the time and you know like I said to you like I, you know I feel like I feel very lucky being a brown man I didn't have to deal with a lot of racism as a child I feel like I don't have to deal with a lot of racism now um, I think one is because I, I think I hang out with people of like minds and yep it I, and maybe that's a good thing because I I, I I have a lot of really good people around me and, and and I love that maybe it's a bad thing because I don't really fully understand the problem um, because I I live in my life and to me everything seems pretty good because I have good people around me but um, I don't think it's your problem to figure out at all so like if you're not seeing the barriers of racism. That's that's good, because that means that the racism that you're seeing is that like shitty shit that people are saying under their breath or not at all out loud, and that's fine. You, I'm not saying you have to think clean thoughts. Yeah. Just don't fucking say them out loud. Don't right. try and make someone's day harder. Just don't try and make someone's life harder. Right? Yeah. Exactly. If you if you're a piece of shit in your own head, I don't care. Think all your piece of shit thoughts. Keep them in there though. Keep them in there. Right. Um. I think the fact that you don't see it is a testament to how you've insulated yourself, like you said, mm-hmm. like-minded people, inclusivity, the fact that you at work have a pride flag and a Black Lives Matter flag and that you were thoughtfully trying to combine them in some way mm-hmm. says screams tons about your character. So I think with you having that inclusive brain, I don't think you're able to get racism. I don't think that you're going to get it because... I don't know, man, like, you're a person of color, and if you're not feeling that, then, like, it's obviously not a giant problem for you, right. you know? So I think our problem in Canada isn't isn't the black lives, you know, don't matter or that, like, you know, homophobia. I think our problem is inclusivity. Like, how can – it's the same people that are pissed off at everyone, right? Mm-hmm. right? Like, it's the same – it's just inclusive people – or, uh, sorry, exclusive people, right? 
They're they're trying to fight this war over here, and then when it's this time of the year, it's February. It's over here. Yeah. Parade, fire it up over here. And, oh, I'm not going to the thing. I'm going to the cottage. I'm not going to the parade. I'm going to the co- like. Okay, how angry are you? How angry are you? All the time? Are you all the time angry? You must be the same person yelling at the person in Tim Hortons. Right. You must be the same person yelling at someone at Walmart. You know, like just. I think we just have an an inclusivity mindset shift that we have to just put into place and that solves those problems in general agreed right for sure yeah but and i don't agree with jim jeffries everything that he says Mm -hmm. but to his credit how how are we really going to be holding the older people of our society to our ideals today the ideals that most of us accept and feel like are how are we going to argue with the 85-year-old who wants to say the N-word still? What What are you going to do? Because is that even worth having that conversation at that point? Right. That's, that's where I'm like, we might be yelling at the wrong walls because it's just nothing's going to happen there, right? right? There's Change Change could happen, but it's going to be short-lived. Yes. And, and you're right. Where Where's the real fight here? And so many companies have started to really react to this in and I say this with a lot of love in terrible ways because here's an example um, a big company is going to hear Black Lives Matter and they are going to run a campaign or have a meeting or whatever it is and that's great cool step yeah. in the right direction but they're going to go a step further and they're going to set KPIs let's say you know, you need to have a certain amount of color people in your organization, or you need to be able to prove to me that you KPI are, can you uh, a key performance indicator. Okay. So a key performance indicator for big companies is essentially how you measure success or failure of something. So thirty-three uh, percent of our organization is going to be visible minorities. That's a KPI. Okay. We're not there yet, but that's the goal that we want to achieve. Okay. Bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit. Hire the best person. Thanks. The person, white, brown, yellow, green, I don't give a shit. Just if the person's the right person to do the job, let them do it. Don't collect cards. It's not a collection. But this is the thing, though. Like, they, you want to show movement. And maybe and maybe it's a good thing. Maybe we want to break unconscious bias in our, in our organizations. Maybe it, And maybe that's the way we do it. But to me, it just seems fake. It just seems like... We're not. We're not. To your point, I think we're yelling at the wrong wall. Like, what's the what's the genesis of this issue? Why are we hiring the same people over and over again? I don't know, and I don't think anyone really knows. But if we can answer that question, or if we can even have a, a sight of a line of sight on the answer to that question, then we don't need KPIs. We don't need uh, a number telling you or me to hire a specific person because it means that I'll hit my number. And then come bonus time, you know, I get paid. Yeah, and maybe maybe next year the number's lower or higher or whatever, and I'll hit I'll hit that hurdle too. And, right. Um, I think that, like, I'm, I'm throwing around terms, and I feel like I'm so woke now. I'm even saying the word woke, woke. in podcasts. That's what the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not woke. I just think that like I've heard enough people say enough intelligent things that. 
I've adopted some of them and representation matters. That's the key. That's my key performance indicator. Right. So I was mentioning earlier that um, I don't know if we were were we live on the podcast or no we, no we weren't we were just talking but like I don't have a ton of black friends and it's just because of the the circle of friends that I happen to have right like I happen to play baseball didn't didn't have any black friends that happen to be on the team and just you know I, I don't know many black people through baseball and then my hockey team same thing I don't happen to work with very many black people because I, I'm an elementary teacher right. and that seems to be a really poorly represented area for young black men like that's that's what I want to see because I know there are lots of young black boys that I've taught that there's so much I can't tell them that that they need to be told as the white guy I've known for years I didn't it didn't take black lives matter for me to know that like I can't talk to this boy about issues that he will have to face in his life that I can't relate to in many ways I I resemble his problem in some ways right so I would always have to find that strong black voice to go and have that conversation with with that with that child and i've been thankful for the last three years i've had michelle liverpool to do that for me mm-hmm. michelle if you're listening love you <laughs> thank you um because i can't do that yeah. right so like that to me is a problem so if you think about that problem why are there very few um black male educators in elementary in in the even the primary panel mm-hmm. right like why why is that underrepresented i, I have no idea right so how do you fix that problem well i guess you would want someone in that position in a teaching position so that when a young boy comes through and they see someone in that position that might make more of those young people choosing those choices exactly right so know your 33 percent of your staff needs to be of color um on paper it sounds terrible hire the best people hire the best people all the time you should but but if you ever get down to a spot where you can make a choice i hope you choose the person of color if it's down to tiebreakers and you're just trying to figure out which one comes out on top i hope you pick the person of color every time because it's harder for that person to even have that interview right right? and the impact of having that voice that face at the front of that classroom we don't even know what the fuck that looks like yeah so why don't we just do it why don't we not worry about what it's called affirmative action i've heard someone say affirmative blackshin and all that just ways to twist words and sound like a dickhead mm-hmm. um i think i think it representative or sorry representation matters and we need to like make sure that those opportunities are there so that kids know that those doors are open it's it's a totally valid perspective that i've heard about and i've thought about i've just never thought about it in the way that you mentioned it. Like, but it only works in the classroom, though, doesn't it? Like, or not the class, but uh. in, in those visible spots. Like, you need to be visibly seen. Yes. Right? You have to yeah. be seen. And there's so many sectors where you're not seen. Like, the CEO shouldn't really be seen. I don't know. Maybe that's flipped. I don't know. Maybe I don't know much about the business world, actually. Maybe maybe, maybe I sound stupid right now. But um, I just feel like, uh, you know, sometimes those people in positions of power, they don't need to necessarily necessarily like you know, have their faces out there so but, it's the exact opposite they do have their faces out there and and i think that is the that's their job right like if, if you're a president or ceo of a bank your job is pr 90 percent of the time right like whether that pr be internal or external your face is on a mic or in a camera or, and you're talking about stuff i guess that makes sense um 
But you do bring up an interesting point. Having much more of those outbound conversations on the C-level, so the C-suite, the people that report to the president or the CEO, or even their people, there's a lot of diversity there. You know, Once you peel back the first layer, which is still predominantly white, and that's not for just insurance or banks or anything. That's for a lot of companies, bigger and small. But if you get people to start speaking and doing PR stuff and interviews, and it, it, it would foster what you're saying. If I'm in front of the camera and I'm talking, as a if I see another brown person, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, I'm a Canadian person. Like, I'm a, I'm a visible minority, but yes. I am born here. Like, I, I, I am Canadian first and foremost, always. But when I see another brown guy, whether he's from India like two years ago or he's been here just as long as I've been here or longer – it's still cool to see like it's still like oh, you know like that you know it maybe subconsciously it tells me i'm like that is possible and to take your example as a however old you know eight nine ten whatever the age may be they're so impressionable and when you see someone in power as a teacher of the same skin color how does that not motivate the hell out of you i i, I get that so you're right like Maybe I'm backing away a little bit from my hard nose stance that the KPI is stupid, but you're like you're allowed to, man. Um, but I think what you're saying makes sense. I think I think that actually, it's not a play for now because a play for now is I don't think you can really make a play for now. People shouldn't be playing for now anyway. You should be. That's playing why we're for, getting so much trouble, right? You should be playing for the the kids and yeah, the, and the people that are co-ops and the interns, the ones that are don't even know what they want to do, and but they see the possibility mm-hmm. and their line of sight is a little higher it's a little bit you know bigger like that's cool that's that that shit's cool to me yeah i i I buy what you're saying right that's cool yeah i and i i don't i think i i'm way more open lately to the fact that i don't know what the hell i'm talking about and i need to stay open and like flexible with my thinking and like i'm willing to change my mind on anything lately you know what i mean yeah and really like that so it's, it's cool when you see another guy that's like well i'm backing off of something it's like this is what people need to feel comfortable doing is talking about stuff and then like sharing information mm-hmm. and thinking about it and you know what i mean i feel like i know way too many people that they show up to the argument and they already have their mind made up that they are they won the argument they don't have to they don't have to secede to this point this point or this point because yeah. this point out outranks this one and, and it's like what like are you seriously coming in here pretending you have all the answers to everything right because come on like you don't right just so i'm realizing i need to like listen more and um yeah i'm doing that with these podcasts really that's that's the goal i think Mm, for sure listen to me talk while i'm telling you how good i am at listening though (laughs) (laughs) i am such a good listener i am talking right now i'm such a good listener no yeah it's great man it honestly it it, um, I never thought about it like that before. To be honest with you, I saw that I saw that KPI posted on like a variety of different public channels that report how different big organizations are dealing with the stuff, and I just thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. I'm like, this is so dumb. And but, it might actually be that way, but the soundbite or the clip that that gets released to the news or the thing that gets pulled, the headline that gets pulled, is that. But, like, that happens to us all the time with curriculum and stuff. You know, right. people say it's this, but when you go and read it or you go and look at it, you're like, no, well, it actually says this, this, and this. Right. In context, 
it makes sense. For sure. I think the thing that kind of clouds my judgment is money. I think when these KPIs are implemented in businesses that are meant to make money. You get a bonus for for checking off like all your black and brown and Asian boxes. That's when it it starts to get a little... That to me, like, yeah, when you're monetarily incentivized, well, I don't know, Poonit, because what the hell makes people do stuff, Poonit? You're going to cut the grass when I ask you to? Probably not. You're going to cut the grass when I knock on your door and say, cut your fucking grass? No, probably not. You're going to cut the grass when the city comes and says, cut the grass or you owe us 500 bucks. You'll cut the grass. You'll cut the grass. Yeah. So, like, maybe monetarily incentivizing them, it looks so bad. It looks so bad for giving people money for things that you think are dubious. But if you have to incentivize a piece of shit to do a good thing, and you got to give them money to do it, do the good thing. Yeah. Just do the good thing. I don't have to look about the money. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe I'm not. Maybe. I'm not married no, to that either. Yeah, honestly, you're right. Maybe on paper, it's maybe change is ugly at the start. Maybe it's 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 going to be, it's going to take a variety of forms that are really, uh, maybe on the surface, really terrible. But maybe that's what it needs. Like maybe we fundamentally need to, to force ourselves to get a variety of different individuals in a variety of different roles to then hopefully make it a bit of a snowball effect whereby, you know, it we're this big ass snowball we're just pushing to the top with a lot of power and then our hope is at some point Let it'll, go, it's it'll start grows. to yeah, hopefully it starts to just pick up by itself, right? So maybe. Maybe. I, it just you you see it on the surface, you judge it on the surface. But the problem is every single time I've talked about this, the my 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 angle always ends in the same spot. This is not the right way to do it. The right way to do it, I don't know. <laughs> so like, and I I hate people like that because I'm like, if you're gonna shoot an idea down, have something to back it up. I'm a product manager too at an IT organization, and that's my job. It's to if you know, be an idea guy. And if the idea is not great, then I'll provide a perspective and have something else to back it up. I'm doing something that I fundamentally hate. Um, but what? you're right. It, it's a perspective I've never thought about. But you, 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 I think you might be right. Like that, ugly change is ugly. And Maybe I like. I just think of it as like behavior modification, right? Yeah. If you want the behaviors to change, you have to modify it and shape it, right? So maybe for a while, to get Timmy to to make his bed when he wakes up, you give him a dollar every time he makes his bed. You're not going to give this kid a dollar for the rest of his fucking life, uh, you know, for making his bed. But for a week, you'll give him a dollar, and then you'll grow the idea into an allowance. Right. And then you're adding responsibilities, and if you play the long game, yeah, you had to shell out, you know, a few tens of dollars in a few, you know, in the first few weeks of the summer. But maybe by September 1, you have a kid that can go vacuum the floor, clean his room. He knows what that looks like. And if you say, go clean the bathroom knows what that's that looks like and you've trained them and at the beginning if you just look at the beginning you're like oh you're giving your kid a fucking dollar for making the fucking bed you fucking piece of shit you're what's wrong with the goddamn world you piece of shit how many fucking dollars you got you and it's like dude you're baking a cake the guy cracked an egg and poured it into the bowl and you're telling him his cake fucking sucks yeah will you will you quit judging everything so soon just let an idea happen yeah and then let's let's let it bake and see what it turns into. Yeah. And that's like our problem with our government, right? We keep getting someone in there and then 
they get ideas going and it takes time for them to implement and then before you know it you're yelling about what they did wrong and you're, you're kicking them out and you're trying to get someone else in there and those ideas get dropped because they were the other guy's initiative and yeah. the other shirt's initiative and it's like no one's doing things like no one's actively making programs to hurt people mm-hmm. you know what i mean you can agree that cuts are probably not good but no one's trying to to hurt people actively no of right course not. yeah like so why don't we just let some of these things be things for be things bit. for a little while yeah, yeah you know fund them let them grow and it's totally a fair point completely especially the people I think in our generation is that we are so hungry to understand the impact of what it is that we do. Like I think as kids for the most part I'm I'm, I'm putting us all in one big bowl right do now it. but for the most part I think we would we're eager for feedback. We want to hear whether something's good or bad or if we can improve and stuff like that. 100%. And, like we love the attaboys. We right. love the high fives. We love being told we're doing a good job and sometimes we'll get caught looking over our shoulder like uh, am I doing a good job? Is the pee looking good? Yeah, look what I'm working on over here. I signed my name pretty nice there. I get caught up in that bullshit. And and it's not our fault. I think that's just inherently how we grew up. Kind of. Yeah, like, you know, maybe we took it and we can... I don't think we can really break that. Anyway, I don't know if we talked about it. Oh, I think we talked about it at the start of the podcast, but you and Amanda were very gracious to uh, invite us over. We're still, I would call ourselves still relatively new. We've been in Ajax now for a year, just over a year. Hmm. Um... And you guys invited us over. For a and socially distant backyard hangout. That's right. As per the timestamp of As this podcast. As per the timestamp of this podcast. <laughs> and uh, uh, you gave us an address. And GPS dropped us uh, on your street, we thought. So we're coming up. We have our dog. We're, we're really amped to meet you. You know, I was, I was talking up. Uh, Jenny's obviously met you before. And Jenny met. Uh, Stefan before so she obviously knew you guys were cool guys uh, and we come up and we pull up to your house or we think it's your house and there's like an RV that's kind of like not working and the grass is all fucked up the door is like really mangly I'm like is this the same Rick? Like, there's a collection of lighthouses on a ledge above the door <laughs> like what type of life is this guy living like at no point <laughs> At any point in the season last year, did I ever get the like thought? Is like, oh yeah, this guy lives in a hoarder's house for sure. There's no question. So we're going around, and Jenny's like, "You go first. And I just texted you, "Hey, we're in the backyard. Come on back." I'm like, "Okay." So <laughs> I'm like dodging like spare tires and like things I don't recognize, <laughs> and the grass is like up to my knees, and I'm a tall guy, and I'm like, "Holy fuck! Like, dude, how where are we gonna sit?" <laughs> What's going to go on? I might just call him and say that we're sick. Like, I don't know. Like, I should just start puking in the car or whatever. Like, I already think of the excuses. Turn around, no one's there. And I'm like, but he said he was in his backyard. And then Jenny was like, wow, like, you know, where, what are we doing? Where are we doing now? And then I think you called me or something. No, you called me. Yeah, I was like, hey, man, uh, I think we're in your backyard, but no one's here. Uh, where are you? He's like, we're at your address. He's like, uh, what does that, I don't know. He's like, what does the house look like? It's like, oh, yeah, no, you're at the wrong, Google does that sometimes. Uh... And then across the street, I see your hand waving over your fence. It's like, thank the sweet Lord. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was so ready to bounce. Oh, man. Come around, beautiful yard, nice gazebo, lots of seating. I was like, ah, this is what I was expecting. Oh, thank so, you. 
then the the God bless him. But your neighbor was coming around and he was saying it's like, Oh, the people that you're meeting love dogs. So whoever we were meeting, the people over there, apparently love dogs, just an FYI. <laughs> and, and there was like, We're we're here for Rick. It's like, Oh, great guys. I'm assuming he knows where you live, but he never once put us in your direction. <laughs> he just he just left you there? He's like, ah, these fuckers are new. Because like, he's got someone to talk to. He's not going to let you go what yet. You, what, are you guys, what are you guys doing? Where do you, yeah. you live? You got, is, that, is that beers there? Is that a Kia Soul? Oh, I can't, those... can't drink beers like those. I, 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 like, I like different beers than those beers. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you from my top ten. What? <laughs> oh, man. That was great. And yeah. it does that because we're 793. And I'm not going to say the name because, you know, I'm, I'm famous now. I got a podcast and everything. Yeah. I don't want people stalking me. No, it. The people be, like, following me around and shit. And I'd be like, you know, paparazzi, please. But, <laughs> like, no, I, I'm not famous. There are much more cars in your driveway than, than I came last time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, we're 793. And they're 793. And for some reason, urban planning thought that was a good idea. Like, we can straight up see their house from our window. Yep. And, like, usually all we saw was just them sitting on the porch and their their dog there just, like, you know, chilling. Very well-behaved beagle. Very well-behaved. But we thought there'd be all kinds of mix-ups with the mail because 793, hmm, 793, huh. So, like, you know, shit can happen. Yeah. Well, I was waiting for these headphones one time. And... I, I was waiting for them to get delivered. They didn't come. They didn't come. I'm like, fuck, where are they? And then it said that they were delivered, and they definitely were not delivered. So I was like, maybe someone stole them. Maybe. Or maybe they got delivered to the wrong house. And I thought, that's not ridiculous. I've only been here a few months. Yeah. You know, this this could happen. So wandered over, knocked on the door. Older gentleman comes to the door. Yeah. I'm like, uh... Hi, I live over there at 793, huh? And, you know, you're at 793, huh? And we figured, you know, maybe maybe the package that said it was delivered, maybe maybe it came here by mistake. Why would it come here? It's not my address. My address is 793, huh? <laughs> I'm like, well, I just thought maybe they would have made a mistake. Well, has it ever happened before? I'm like, well, uh, to, no, to be... Well, why would you expect it to be happening? Oh, gosh. And then, I don't know why, but... I'm just like, I just got to end this, right? Like, mm. it's awkward. This is not unreasonable, but he's making it feel as though it's unreasonable. Sure. So I was like, you know, just save it with a compliment and get the fuck out of there, right? I said, he's a very lovely dog. He looks, he's a great dog. He's very obedient. You know, he's a good dog. Mm. He says, he's a good dog because I got a good boot. And I was like, yep, well, okay. Okay, this is where, <laughs> this is where I shut the conversation down. Uh, ding! This is where the bus driver stops the bus. I will never be here again. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. And the dog, I love the dog. He was so obedient, but he mm. had this giant tennis ball-sized tumor hanging off of his neck. Oh, uh, Beagle, he's already got a lot of shit hanging from his neck, right? Oh. He had, like, three jowls. One was a perfect little spheroid. Oh, poor guy. But, you know, like, so many... So many dogs. And he had it for years before, you know, he passed away. And he would mm-hmm. think he was an older dog. So, you know, it's a tricky decision what to do when you get... With older dogs. With right? older dogs, right? Yeah. But... Yeah, I, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're in the, the young phase of our, of our dog. He's two and a half. And mm-hmm. he's still got lots of energy. And he's still, knock on wood, healthy. And Enjoy it. 
he's he's uh, he sleeps a lot when he's inside. He's active and crazy when he's outside. And um, but I see your guy and uh, other older dogs that I know uh, that I know as young. And it's just it's hard. It's hard to see them like that because I think as an owner, you see them always as the puppy, right? Yeah. Like you video. can you have the you have the ability to just yeah, go right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and. As a proud dog owner, I saw you posted an old video of uh, of your of your bulldog, and so cute. Like and like, it, it's at that time you never think about the other time, but when you see those memories are so uh, precious because they, yeah. and especially with dogs, they get they grow so quickly and they get old so quickly, and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a hard thing to think about that uh, you know Bash won't won't be there when I'm you know eighty. Like it's weird. It's weird to think about. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, try to frame it like you're like a dog god or something, and you're just here to like provide the best life for your little your little dog subject. I don't know. This yeah. isn't going anywhere. No, no. I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, when you, you get to like do that, you get to play god like three or four times in your life. It's pretty cool. You know, you're like yeah, make things nice and happy for you. Yeah. And Be as happy as possible. Stress free as possible. Yeah. And if yeah. you fuck it up real bad, and it like jumps up on people and stuff, and he's like eleven, you're like, yeah, fuck two or three more years of this shit and get another dog maybe won't jump up I don't know yeah exactly I'll google a breed that doesn't jump I don't know <laughs> google <laughs> the dogs that don't jump google's like what are you what yeah get the fuck out of here yeah. you're drunk you're drunk again Poonit <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm turning off meow just go to bed Poonit google we've released a new feature where it just turns off when you ask me stupid questions yeah well Poonit I gotta say thank you very much for joining me Man, for this podcast absolute pleasure man. Yeah, this is my first local podcast, and I gotta say, I like the, I like the feel. I'm gonna try and get this anytime that I I can get it if someone's comfortable enough to you know sit down and talk in a yeah. backyard space like this. It was comfy, man. I, and honestly, thank you for being such good neighbors. I know Jenny and I had a great time that that uh, couple weeks ago, and I know we've been trying to link it up ever since. And yeah, thank, yeah, you, thank you, thank you for welcoming us into ah, beautiful so Durham region. And as always. Thanks for listening. Thank you, friends, family, and friends who are family, and the odd person who might be listening too.